Welcome to Paddling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. Welcome to Paddling the Blue. Today's episode features Joey Schott, and today's interview is less about the actual paddling and more about the craft that we use to paddle and building and growing a business around paddle sports, and that's something that Joey has certainly done. Joey's a master boat builder, and he's a magician with boat repair, and today we're going to talk about the boat building process, hear about some of the craziest repairs Joey has ever done, and get Joey's thoughts on what you can do to keep your boat in good shape. So sit back, enjoy the interview with Joey Schott. Hey, Joey, welcome to Paddling the Blue. Hey, John. Hey, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's, it's an honor. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Hey, Joey, tell our listeners a little bit about your personal paddling background. Well, uh, that started about 20 years ago uh, on a vacation to Bar Harbor. Did the tourist thing, uh, jumped in a, a tandem kayak, and uh, went for a tour around the Porcupine Islands. And uh, at that point, the hook was set, so to speak. I, I really enjoyed it and, and wanted more. So that is also when I got into building kayaks at the same time. I ended up building a couple of them um, and using them and, and kind of uh, sort of loafing around uh, with kayaking, you know, just as a uh, you know general recreational kind of thing for quite a few years up until the point where I went to work uh, for Chesapeake Lightcraft. At that point, I discovered uh, what performance kayaks were because they had a few of them in the showroom. Decided to start taking them out. That's when the fire was lit to to go and learn more. And from that point, I connected with Nick Shada, the designer of those boats, and um, he took me out paddling. And uh, it was a um, a really uh, a cool experience. Uh, he took me to Jamestown, Rhode Island, uh, and showed me what a small taste of rough water paddling was about. And that's when. The fire really got stoked, uh, and after that, and, and on that day, I had uh, Nick Nick put me back in the boat a couple of times, uh, but I, I really, really loved what was going on, and it was so much fun. And from that point, I started pursuing uh, more formal training as far as kayaking is concerned, and became an ACA instructor during that. Started out uh, just right out of the box, uh, just was soaking it up, and uh, really enjoying the process of learning and and you know getting better and and you know performing at a much higher level. I became an L3 instructor for the ACA, and that's where things sort of stalled for a while. After after that, uh, I, I struggled a lot with taking that next step. And once I achieved that goal and took that next step, uh, and there were some personal things that had to be addressed uh, as well, you know, like weight loss, things like that. Um, to get better, I got my uh, L4 and and have been just absolutely in love with uh, open water and rough water kayaking ever since. So you mentioned that you uh, you know, kind of your first taste was in Maine, and then at, around that point you started to build boats as well. What what was it that kind of lit that spark to take you from that I, leap from paddler to boat builder? Yeah, that was uh, it was it was kind of a convergence of of two things happening at one time and. I've always been somebody that tinkers with stuff. You know, it didn't matter if it was a car, motorcycle, whatever. Um, I had to mess with it, and um, you know, 
most of my relationships suffered because of it. They didn't understand it, but I had to, I had to mess with those things. And, you know, I was at that point where I didn't kind of have any projects going on and I was looking for something to, you know, to fill some time as a hobby. Uh, and kayaking came along and it was um, on a, 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 an excursion, so to speak. We were just, you know, poking around some of the local stores uh, around the area near, uh, near Bar Harbor and came out of the store and there was a, a wooden Chesapeake Lightcraft. I guess it was probably a, a, a Chesapeake 17 on top of a SUV. I can even remember the color of the SUV. It was burgundy and the boat was white, but that was how I the two of them kind of came together all at the same time. And I was like, you know what, uh, where I want to go kayaking, I enjoyed myself, so I'm going to build a kayak. And that's where the, the building started from that point. So it was, it was roughly at the same time, about 20 years ago. Wow. So I don't know if I've uh, told this, told you this story before, but my first time at Canucopia was 2012. And I was in the process of building a, um, a cedar strip boat. And so I stopped by the uh, Chesapeake Lightcraft booth and you were one of the folks that was manning the booth and uh, we were talking about a couple of different things. I was struggling with a few things on the boat and I distinctly remember asking you, so have you built a boat before? And uh, you said, well, a a couple. And then the the conversation (laughs) went from there and then I find out a little while later who you actually are and how many boats you've built and the the expertise that you have. So uh, a little embarrassing faux pas there, I guess, on my part. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've always been um, sort of, I, I don't like to toot my own horn. And I like to let the person, when I was when I was working for, for CLC, and it, it, it pretty much is how I handle my business now, is um, I'm, I'm there to help people, you know, enjoy what they want to enjoy, which is kayaking. So if you're building a boat um, at that point, you know, no matter what it was, uh, I would help out no matter what, no matter how many I've done. I'd share my experience as on an as-needed basis. It was never sort of an egotistical thing that I would say, well, I've done this, I've done that kind of thing. But because uh, I think that that takes away from the enjoyment uh, from that particular person. So always, always just, you know, let the person talk and, and find out what they need and, and help them along the way. And that, that's been really, really successful for me. You know, I, I still get to this day, even though I've been away from Chesapeake Lightcraft for Going on probably five years now, I still get emails from people asking questions, and um, I, I'll gladly answer them because that's what got me here, and I will continue to do that as long as I can. So where did you learn the craft of uh, boat building and repair? In the beginning, it was pretty much 100% self-taught. You know, I, I, it's, it's funny. I, I always say I built my first boat by the manual, and then I threw it out after that, and I haven't built one according to the manual since. And I approach things a little bit differently because I'm very much, I get into the weeds or, or in, the, in the process and, and I think about better ways of doing things, um, you know, no matter what it is. It can be something super simple or it can be a very complex uh, operation, but I'm going to find a cleaner and better way of doing it. And that's pretty much why, or why I am where I am today and why I'm still building boats to this day because, you know, number one, I haven't perfected the art and I, I hope to never perfect it. I hope to keep, keep striving to do better and better and better, you know, each boat, each each time, each operation that I do that goes along in, in building a boat. So, but, you know, I, I always want to do it from a, a standpoint of there are people that have been here before me and um, I have things to learn from them. And if I have something to offer, I will certainly give them that too. So what inspires you as a boat builder then? That's a really good question. 
I think it's 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 pretty much the 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 quest to build the perfect boat, even though that will never happen. You know, each each time that uh, you do one, there you always step back from it and say, well, I could have done that a little bit better. And as long as that level of you know perfection is exceeds the the clients their expectations then then you know it's good but uh oftentimes I, I find myself getting really really caught up in in the details and things and and somebody will come along they'll never see that why are you worried about it so it uh it's it's always a quest to just do better every single time you know in building you know the the new boats using a, a technology that that has not been you know really exploited by a lot of manufacturers. It's it's kind of uncharted territory. So I'm I'm kind of out there on my own, so to speak, and and that's an, a really interesting you know journey. And so it's it's a it's a never ending kind of what if question that that gets asked whenever you know things are are being built. And that quest for the best is, is truly the mark of a craftsman. I mean, always looking to, to refine it and make it just that much better. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a maddening process, but uh, <laughs> it's a worthy one. Let's put it that way. So you mentioned uh, different technologies. So tell us a little bit about the technologies that you're working with to build boats. You know, I do everything with, with resin infusion. It's not the easiest process in the world to get a handle on. There are a lot of steps along the way that uh, things can go south. Um, and it's just a, a, a process of perfecting each level of this. And I've gotten, you know, it's very predictable now. Uh, and now I'm, I'm looking for, you know, things that, uh, to, ways to, to, you know, sort of trim corners in time and, and be more efficient, things like that. But uh, in the end, you know, the, the resin infusion process is, is the pinnacle of, of what you can expect in a kayak as far as strength, durability, and lightweight. So, and that's been the, the goal from day one from when I started Turning Point Boatworks. So tell us, what is resin infusion? Resin infusion is the introduction of resin under the pressure of one atmosphere of vacuum. Trying to, to put this uh, in simple terms is... <laughs> It's uh, basically you're creating a vacuum in a mold uh, and then releasing. So it's uh, basically one atmosphere or basically 29 inches of, of uh, vacuum. Uh, and the resin is introduced in a controlled manner to wet out the entire stack all at one time. So you're not placing layer, layer, layer uh, and wetting it out all at the same time. So this yields, uh, you know, depending on the person doing it and a lot of different variables, but you know, you can pretty much get a spot-on perfect uh, resin to fiber ratio in every single every single uh, infusion. And when that comes down to you know a kayak, what that does for you know my boats and, and the people that buy them is is when I say that a boat is going to weigh a certain amount, it's going to weigh that every single time because the process requires that amount of precision in executing it. So for those who've never built a boat, can you? And I know this without getting too deep into the weeds, uh, but just the basic yeah. process that somebody might go through if they pick the manual up, like you mentioned, you know, the basic process that they would go through to build the boat. Uh, so, I mean, are you speaking of, say, a, you know, like, like a kit boat or yeah, I guess uh, I'm from thinking... the beginning of a, of a molded fiberglass boat? Probably more of a kit boat. I mean, I guess I'm thinking that, you know, most people look at it as a wood boat, but I guess mm-hmm. I, I kind of think of it as a, a fiberglass boat with a wood core. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely true. I think I think I've I've spoken those words a few times. So, uh, and that's absolutely true. 
you know, there's a lot of a lot of information online. Um, you know, educate yourself a little bit. You know, there's tons and tons of stuff you can lose you know, literally weeks of time watching YouTube videos, uh, which I don't recommend. Um, so, uh, <laughs> the best thing you can do is pick up a manual and gather your tools and just start working. You know, in the case of uh, Chesapeake Lightcraft. They have, you know, super nice manuals, uh, and that's one of the things that is, is a hallmark of them is they, they there with those, you know, nice step-by-step manuals, and they also back it up. And that was part of my job was to be technical support for, for anybody that had questions. So, but, yeah, those, uh, I don't want to sound like an infomercial from them, but uh, they, they just have that system down pretty much, you know, clean. You know, there's there's a lot of books out um, on the subject of, of stitch and glue boat building, strip kayak building, or strip canoe building. Just do a, a quick Google search, and you will be rewarded with more information that you can than you can possibly uh, deal with in, in in one sitting. So my whole advice to anybody is is just start doing it, and and it'll come, and it'll it'll you know happen. Maybe not the first time the way you want it, but it eventually you'll get there. So what's your favorite material to work with? That's really kind of a funny question. Uh, it's, it's been nicknamed uh, Joey Stuff. When I was working at Chesapeake Lightcraft, I loved carbon fiber, and I will toot my own horn. That's why they sell it today, uh, because I had to get it on their, in their, uh, on their website, and I started <laughs> using it. It's an amazing fiber. Uh, I love the stuff. My favorite, you know, boat to build is going to, you know, is an all-carbon boat because you, you get this really, really light and really stiff, uh, amazing performance craft. You can either hide the way it looks or you can, you know, you can, you know, use that as an accent. And I, I don't know, it's just something I really, really love working with. It's, it's, uh, I'll, I'll build a carbon boat, you know, any day over fiberglass boat and honestly that's the one i'm going to build for me as a carbon boat so you've got a project that you've been working on for a while the the petrol uh yes it's actually the petrol play uh that's been a long long process i'm glad it has been that way because um a lot of things have happened in the time in the time period when i started this process uh, and that was what the company was actually founded on was to build these boats uh, in composite form and the uh, the petrol and it was actually I, I sat down with Nick Shada the designer this was I, I think back in 2013 or 14 and said you know hey I'd like to build your boats and he said well what's holding you back and I was like permission so that <laughs> was permission his blessing and uh, that's where you know over the next um, I would say 10 months uh, I started to game plan, you know, how this was going to happen. And so I, I basically started Turning Point to build his, you know, his designs because I just thought they, they were such amazing boats Then they needed to be produced in a manner where people could, could, you know, purchase them that, you know, maybe they didn't have the time to build it, but they really appreciated the designs. So it was the original design, the original design I wanted to build was the Petrol, which is still my favorite sea kayak of all time. It was Nick's very wise advice to go for the the petrol play first and that at that point you know the the open water play boats uh i think there was really one only one design out there and that was the the dolphin that was um kind of a play boat at that time and 
they hadn't they weren't a thing and and over the process of the next you know four and a half five years you know developing this boat the market came around and and now there are more playboats out there and they seem to be the boat of choice for a lot of lot of paddlers it's it's been an amazing ride because uh you know that first time getting in that boat when uh when it was built you know at a at a 40 pound you know fiberglass uh, that's what the, the prototype is and in trying it out it was a special moment you know the first time out in rough water with that boat and I, I knew that I was on the right track at that point because that was just an amazing experience that boat allowed me to do things and encouraged me to do things that I hadn't been able to do on other boats and I was like this is the hallmark of a good design and, and I'm going to use a term that uh, was just given to me. I told him I was going to steal it. But it's an, it's an enabler. And the guy that said that was uh, Jerry Polinsky of Seashirt uh, Kayak. Because he has my prototype right now. And as well as uh, Nick's boat that I built for Nick too. He's, he, he's been really, really high on the design as well. And um, it is. And it truly is. It's an enabling boat. It, it, it really encourages the paddler to want to do more and try more things. And, and so uh, the, the feedback on it has been absolutely amazing. And I'm a little, not surprised, but I don't know what the, the correct term is. I'm satisfied that uh, that was the route we took and the boat that came out of it. And it's just, it's, it's been an amazing, an amazing experience. So your heritage was in wood boats and building a wood boat. And then I'd mentioned earlier, it's you know really a wood boat with a fiberglass, uh, or sorry, a, a fiberglass boat with a wood core um, or a carbon fiber boat with a wood core. But in this case, with the Petrol Play, you're making this out of just carbon, no, no wood core. Yes, exactly. The base model is, is a, uh, a fiberglass version, and that boat comes in. I need to see 39 on the scale enough times before I'll say it's it's below 40 pounds, but they're coming in right at 40 pounds every time for, for an all-fiberglass layup. And the carbon boats, they're coming in right at 30 pounds, which for, for a 25% reduction in weight, I'm just, I'm really astounded. So, you know, I have spreadsheets that, that predict weight and, you know, I can change out materials and things like that and, and, and get a pretty ac- accurate um, estimate of weight. But until you actually see that number on the scale of a fully rigged boat and, and you see that number pop up and then you go out and experience that boat in, you know, real conditions, uh, it doesn't matter if it's flat water or if there's, you know, you're out surfing. It's just absolutely amazing, the responsiveness of it. So how do you go about building a boat without that core? Uh, you have a mold. Uh, tell us a little bit about that mold and how you create a mold. To build uh, a fiberglass boat or carbon boat, wh- wh- whichever you want, uh, you have to have a mold. And to start out to build a mold, you have to have um, a, a boat-shaped object to make that mold from. The boat-shaped object is called a plug. Uh, and there's certain concessions that have to be made, like the, the hatch openings have to be closed, the cockpit has to be closed because you're, you're you're making the uh, the mold from it, and once the the mold is made off of that plug, uh, you have a hull side and then a deck side. Uh, you can start to build your hulls and decks from there, and you can use a variety of methods that you want to use and variety of materials. Anything from a you know your typical hand layup all the way up to you know the the method that I prefer, which is the the resin infusion. You know using the different variety of materials from fiberglass to carbon fiber, uh, Inegra, Kevlar, you know, whatever you, you want to you know, build it from. 
So what, how do you create a plug? Uh, it's actually, uh, that's where the, the wood strip you know, experience comes in. Uh, I build a plug out of wood strips, uh, just like we would uh, you would build if you were building a wood strip kayak. So it's an exact uh, replica of uh, the wood strip design uh, in the case of, of uh, Nick's designs. So accuracy was my goal in doing that. So it was you know painfully careful attention was paid paid to the the whole process of of building that plug to make sure it was completely accurate to his design uh, without any deviation whatsoever. And, you know, I'd, I'd used everything that I had learned building wood boats at that point to, to, to pull off the perfect plug, so to speak. And from there, it gets repeated over and over and over again because uh, the mold is made from that, and every boat is an exact replica of that plug. So how many uh, of your Petro plays are out there right now? Uh, I think we're up to I think it's six right now four more on the way and uh, and, and one of them will be my boat and that one's going to be a special boat and um, I've just been commissioned by my better half to build her boat too so that's that's another one that'll be out there <laughs> so yours was not the first no the the uh, prototype uh, which is the the boat that's pretty much in all of the <laughs> social media posts uh, has made the rounds, and that's hole number one. And I don't even have, have it with me right now. It's up north with uh, Jared Kalinske and, and Nick, and they've been uh, bashing in it uh, for the past couple of weeks now. Uh, so I actually don't even have one right now, so <laughs> I've got to build one. So is that the one that I've seen in the pictures with the slightly red tint? Oh, no, no, no. That one's um, that's a special boat, a really, really good client. I had met when I was living in Florida. We, you know, knew each other, and we'd run across each other paddling every once in a while. And he f- started following, you know, what I was doing on social media. And then one day I get an email, and he says, "Hey, I'm I'm really interested in the boat." I said, "Great." So we started talking. I went down to Florida and did a demo uh, with the uh, Florida Sea Kayak Club down there, and he basically took, you know, about 30 minutes, and he's like, "I want it," and I want it in carbon, and I was, you know, I just threw it out there. It's like, hey, we've got some other options here because I know you like, you know, to do something different. And uh, we settled on a, a fabric that's a, a carbon fiber fabric that has a, a red uh, copper uh, thread through it, so that gives it a red hue. I like it so much now that my boat will feature it as well, uh, but in a blue color. But uh, yeah, it's it's a. It's a stunning boat uh, to sit there and look at because no matter what angle you are, you cannot possibly get all of that red all at one time. It, it's, it, uh, it changes as you move around it. Kind of crazy because you know you could be paddling the boat in one direction and it looks like all carbon fiber and you turn around the other direction and it looks like it's absolutely alive in front of you with just this red kind of uh, sparkle glow to it. It's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, when I first saw the pictures of that, it was just mesmerizing. So I'll have to find a, find a link to the pictures of that or, or get that from you and put that in the show notes because uh, if anybody has not seen that, they have to see it. And now now I can't wait to see your uh, your blue as well. <laughs> it's going to be really, really cool, I hope. <laughs> so, uh, but as far as the, the red boat goes, I mean, I'm finding too with this, this uh, fabric, it's capturing it on camera is um, not something that just the layman can do. I actually had to get a professional come in and capture some, some images of it because I, I couldn't do it. 
Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Like I said, definitely uh, definitely check the show notes for more pictures of that boat. So, yeah, Joe, you do a, you do a lot of repair work. So tell us a little bit about that about your repair work. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's an interesting story because I I didn't set out the business plan didn't have anything to do with repair work, but I found myself doing some and doing it really well, and it just kind of grew just really organically from there. I got asked about doing gel coat replacement at one point and, and restoration, and I said, sure, I can do that. That's no problem, and started doing you know a few of those boats, and now it's like the number one repair you know uh, within my bookkeeping uh, software. I look at what's what's the top thing that I do, and you know it's it's restoration and keel strips. So the the restorations are that's just a, a complete surprise that people are really, really attached to those older boats and, and want to, you know, renew them. As, I, as far as, as I know, I think there's only two people that do that here in the States, and, and I'm one of them. So here's a question that you've probably been asked before. What's the craziest repair you've ever done? You know, something that just came into the shop and you went, wow, I don't know how this is going to happen, but, uh, but it, it ended up coming out looking like a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's a couple of them, but the one that just absolutely comes to mind, and, and, and this is what kind of put me on the map as far as a repair person, um, and, and I know that uh, this person won't mind me mentioning his name, but uh, Christopher King, they're, they're, he and his wife are, are two of my favorite people in this world, and they, um, he approached me uh, with a boat uh, that had been basically folded in half. Um, it was in incident with a parking structure uh the boat they'd forgotten the boat was on there were some other stresses going on and the boat was you know not even a a thought in his mind and he drove right in and Mm. uh it got you know basically folded and you know he had been told a few times that you know couldn't be fixed and he didn't even you know talk to the manufacturer about and and the manufacturer was um one of my my, i i can consider them to be an inspiration as far as what I do and I have to give them a shout out but it's Sterling's kayaks over in in Washington State and so I was very familiar about how you know how the boat was built you know we we talked via email he showed me pictures and I said yes it can be fixed and uh, there were a gaping hole in the side of the boat near the um, I want to say it's the left hand side knee from where the boat had been creased and then the deck had you know quite literally you know the seam was busted uh, the, the hatch had popped out of it, it uh, out of the boat, uh, the hatch rim. Um, so it, it, it was severely wounded. And uh, that particular boat, after you know, we talked about you know, how to go about doing it, how much it would cost and that kind of stuff, he got me the boat and I proceeded to cut the deck off of it and, uh, and do an infusion repair. And he's still out this to this day. It does concern me uh, with, with with some of the stuff he does with that boat, but uh, he's out there standing on its nose and just absolutely enjoying it the way it was meant to be enjoyed from the very beginning. And um, uh, so that one kind of put me on the map because everybody sees Chris out there, you know, doing his thing and really having fun with it. Joey, what do you recommend that people do to prolong the life of their boats? Um, I have this thing and it's been, it's kind of been an idea almost for a t-shirt. It's like, you know, stop kayak abuse and it would be a picture of a person dragging it by its, its, uh, its bow toggle across the, across the sand. Um, so, 
Uh, I think that would be my first recommendation is if you can't carry the boat, then have somebody carry it with you because it, it just drives me crazy. It, it sells, sells many, many keel strips, I can tell you that. Uh, but it's also extremely rough. It's almost like putting a boat, boat on a belt sander to drag it across the, uh, the ground. Uh, and that doesn't matter if it's, it's, a, you know, it's a, a fiberglass boat or a plastic boat. Eventually that end is going to wear out. You know, aside from that, it's just, you know, uh, do what I don't do, which is clean your boat. I'm terrible at that. And it's kind of like the old adage about the, the mechanic, you know, drives the, the crappiest car. <laughs> Mine are always the dirtiest boats because I just don't have time to clean them. But yeah, you know, especially if you're in a saltwater environment, um, all of those things like your deck elastics, your perimeter line, things like that soak up salt. Uh, and then you go and strap the boat down on the car. That Those things, once they're dried out, it becomes like sandpaper and just starts wearing at your finish. So that's that's one thing I can say is, you know, make sure you clean all that stuff up and uh, take the time to clean the boat before you put it away. And, and uh, the rest should take care of itself. So, And don't run into stuff. <laughs> keep away from garage parking garages that sort of thing right <laughs> yes but simple stuff pick your boat up clean your boat two that's things it. all right that's it. all right uh, what are some simple repairs that uh, you might recommend that people can do at home uh you know it's just the the general maintenance in the spring um you know take a look at your deck elastics and you know your perimeter lines and your hatch seals, um, hatches um, love to be treated with 303. So, you know, take care of those things. Take a look at, particularly if you have some of the older style, like VCP hatches that are rubber, um, they don't last forever. Just, you know, take a look at them, flex them, take a look and see see what the, you know, what the shape of them is. And, you know, if they need replacement, it's time to do it. Because a terrible time to find out they need replacement is when you're in the middle of a rescue or something like that. If there's something that needs to be taken care of, just don't don't put it off. One of the things that I do see a lot of as well is is, is kinked skeg cables and and also you know skeg cables that are clogged up with just gunk in them. So you know wash that out you know religiously your skeg boxes, turn upside, spray spray some water down in there, but never use any kind of lubricant because that attracts sand and, and muck in there and makes it uh, makes actually makes it worse over time. So aside from uh, your boat, yeah, your boat and your wife's boat, what's next for Turning Point Boatworks? I'm trying to hold out till the end of the year before <laughs> uh, hiring any more help. Uh, we're growing, and uh, you know I, I say that with a certain amount of surprise because um, you know in in March when uh, we received orders that we needed to, to close down the, the quote lockdown, I wasn't sure if we were going to survive it. You know, and now I'm, I'm working pretty much 14 hours a day and uh, thinking about expanding the business. You know, we're looking for to expand our square footage. Uh, we've got a uh, sit-on-top kayak, which either can be a, a recreation or a fishing kayak, which is, of course, made of carbon fiber. That, uh, that boat uh, comes in at a, a whopping 26 pounds. That's the next, uh, the next thing that we're going to kind of push out as far as a product line. So is that I'm out there now already? Or? I, have, I have two molds. I have all the materials. Uh, we have oh. a prototype, one of the prototypes that we've been you know, messing around with. So it's, uh, I can build one tomorrow if we wanted to. Oh, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I think this is uh, you know, part of the problem with uh, you know, being a, you know, kind of a, a one-man show is, is there's not enough time to do everything that needs to be done. And, and one of the things that I want to do with that is, is to make sure it's marketed properly to get all the ducks in a row before we 
you know, completely roll this out. We've, uh, I've put it up on my social media and stuff, and it's, it's, uh, we've even got, had a contest with the name, and, which I haven't announced yet. Uh, I have it in my mind what it's going to be, but I need to do that and reward the people who came up with the name with the appropriate uh, reward that I promised. So that has not left my mind, so that will be done. But, uh, but yeah, we need, uh, we need photos and, and um, need to get all of this stuff sort of neatly packaged before we kind of roll it out. And I think at this point in this time of the year, time of the year, it's the time to do it preparation for next year. Did you say 26 pounds? 26 pounds. That's yeah. crazy. I and mean, I know most of the, those fishing boats seem to be just beastly heavy. Yes. And that was the designer's observation and inspiration all at the same time. As the story goes that he was actually uh, helping a gentleman load a boat up onto the back of his pickup truck because the, his uh, his wife couldn't do it. She couldn't pick it up. So he estimated the weight of that boat fully rigged was near 200 pounds. And and that that is the trend. So um, in, in very kind of sort of a, a famous uh, kayaker in his own right, Eric Jackson just came up with a uh, with his own carbon fiber fishing kayak. But uh, I think we're going to come in, you know, at, at a price point that's um, much more pal- palatable than his, which has been quite a topic of uh, social media conversation uh, over the past few months. Well, good luck with that. So uh, you think that'll come out this year still? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm targeting, you know, first of the year. We've actually been uh, looking at doing like a Kickstarter style campaign to, to get things going. Uh, and that'll help me get the capital in order to, you know, have that employee and, and train that employee for two. Uh, how many ever it takes to, to get this thing, get us in, in, in good shape and get me with a little bit more time off. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cut down those 14 hour days and get you on the water yeah. a little more. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. All right. Hey, um, you mentioned uh, training and training others. Do you train others uh, to build and to uh, repair? Uh, you know, actually, that's a that's a good uh, a good question because uh, actually, um, what I've been finding is 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 my biggest obstacle as far as getting repair work in the door is is distance. And so, uh, a good friend, his name is Mike Kingsley. Uh, he owns Evergreen Outfitters, and I. Uh, got to talking while we were trying to figure out what to do next uh, when the uh, the COVID shutdown was going on. We came up with a plan to open him as a an affiliate, a Turning Point affiliate store, and it gives him, he has the square footage for it, um, and I've actually had him in doing some training uh, on the simpler repairs, and the goal is, is to ultimately have him doing everything that I do. Uh, up at his facility in uh, Mayville, New York. Cool. Yeah, definitely uh, can extend the brand and give people, give more people an opportunity to get their repairs done. Yeah, you know, I found, and, and it's it's been a conversation amongst some of the, the repair professionals, and we actually have a Facebook group, and I think there's 10 members on the <laughs> Facebook group. So there's not many of us around. And, you know, the demand is definitely there. To, to, you know, as far as composite and, and, you know, pretty much any, any repair for kayaks, a lot of the outfitters, um, you know, we've lost a lot of outfitters first off. And the other thing too, is, is most of them have been taken over by big box stores style of outfitters and there's no service to, to, you know, back the sale, so to speak. You know, we've kind of found a, a nice little niche that, uh, you know, provides, um, a pretty, you know, pretty consistent income for us. And, you know, between the, the you know myself and the, the few other people that are on this side of the country that I've talked to, you know, there's 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 always work there, and, and 
kind of shocked at the distances people will come in order to, to get their boats in our shops. So in terms of that distance, you know, if somebody's a, a considerable distance from you, you know, Texas or, uh, I mean, here in Illinois where I am, you know, other, mm-hmm. uh, what do you, what do you, how do you usually get those boats? Uh, we've actually, um, we've had some boats shipped to us um, using the, the normal um, shipping, kayak shipping companies, which is like KS Transport. And I've actually started doing some, some, some runs as far as, you know, I, I traveled down to South Carolina uh, because that was one of the things that came out of, of, of the, the COVID lockdown that was like, you know, I, you know, I had to come up with an idea and I thought everything was going to be repairs. I didn't think anybody was going to be selling any boats this year. Thankfully, I'm wrong. But, you know, it came up with the, the idea of being a factory approved um, NDK, SK, UK um, repair center. And they were you know, super glad to, to have somebody, you know, to support the dealers that they had in the Southeast. And um, so I started making runs down to South Carolina to support those people down there. So I, you know, the average run is like, you know, it's, it's been like four to seven boats. And, and I, you know, it's good for me because it helps me, monitor, you know, kind of keep control on the boats coming in and out of the shop because uh, people at that time weren't traveling. So that was a way to, you know, to keep me going. And also it was a very consistent flow of work. Uh, and also run north as well, um, you know, up to, to uh, Maryland and Delaware area. And people are, you know, more than willing to drive halfway if they want to get on, you know, get on the trailer, so to speak. Joey, sure. um, what's, the, uh, what's the build that you're most proud of? You know, I, I still go back to uh, the boat that, that I, I built. And this is a, a it was my second uh, Gullamut Petrol. Uh, this is the 17-foot version. I built the one uh, that's still sitting in Chesapeake Lightcraft's showroom today. I decided that I wanted to, to step it up a notch, and so I built one. And, and at that point in time, I made a pact with myself that if it didn't meet my standard of quality, I would throw whatever it was I was doing in the trash. And believe me, I threw some stuff in the trash. That boat... Uh, was built from a single board of western red cedar, uh, so the, the color was consistent. Uh, and then it had a non-traditional boat building wood. I used a uh, curly maple for the deck, and that was actually book matched. And the goal was with that was to take it to the wooden boat show in Mystic, Connecticut, and put it in as a uh, in the, the Concourse de Elegance. Uh, is a professional build, and I actually won. It was a, a, a really cool day. Uh, I was able to, you know, stand right next to the designer who had also won uh, with one of his petrels. The I think it was either the year or the year uh, previous uh, year before that uh, won that very same award, and that was when I said, "Okay, I can call myself a professional boat builder now." So that boat will always stand out as is kind of a as a turning point. Ah, hence the name. There you hence go. Hence the name, yeah. <laughs> so you, did you say that was the second boat you built, or was it the second of the petrol uh, design that you built? The, the second petrol. Okay. Um, yeah. I was going to say, if, if the second boat you ever built was one that you won the uh, uh, the wooden boat contest with, that'd be even more impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. There was there was many, many before that. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, but this was the first time that I, I, I kind of made that pact that uh, if it's not perfect, throw it in the trash kind of thing. So, 
So Joey, how can listeners reach you if they've got additional questions or they need to have a repair done or want to build a boat? Yeah, that's, uh, that's great. Thank you. And um, they can reach me through my website, which is turningpointboatworks.com. Uh, you can reach me by email through the website or joey at turningpointboatworks.com. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which is under Turning Point Boatworks. Uh, Facebook and Instagram are both Turning Point Boatworks as well. I've started doing, uh, or I've always done, uh, I've really kind of picked it up here recently again. I've, uh, I've been told I'm a, a really good writer, and uh, but that doesn't isn't reflective of my performance in English class in high school. But um, <laughs> but it's uh, I've been blogging for quite a while. And I've really picked it back up again, and uh, it's worked really well as to, to, you know, if you ever want to get my take on boat building in general. I just did a series of blog posts that dealt specifically with the materials and the processes in, involved in building a, a composite boat and how they impacted the weight and performance of it. And then more recently, uh, I've, I've had a, a setback, you know, as, as far as my health. Um, that uh, really took both my wife and, and I by surprise, and uh, it, it really kind of brought to life like things that, you know, I've been putting off because, uh, you know, I've been so focused on growing the business, and my personal paddling goals have kind of fallen by the wayside, so the basic, one of the things that got me into performance kayaking was looking at uh, videos of the uh, hurricane riders, uh, you know, surfing at Skooks, and I always said, I'm going to be there one day, and I'm going to do it in one of my boats, so I'm, I'm writing about the process of, you know, what it's taking me uh, to get prepared for it, uh, because, uh, you know, I suffered a, uh, an ischemic stroke that was actually a result of a head injury three years ago. It, it, it was, it literally shook us. And so, it, you know, at that point, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? And I said, like, you know, I got to get back to what I, what, what, why I got into this in the first place. And, you know, this is a great way, great thing to share with people because I think that, uh, a lot of people lose sight of, of goals and things like that. And, you know, I share all of that through my blog. And that can be found at joeyshot.blogspot.com. I really enjoy doing that. And, you know, people get to know me on a, you know, a pretty intimate level uh, through the written word there. Cool. So uh, what, what kind of content do you have on your YouTube channel? Uh, it's a lot of, um, well, some of the stuff is, you know, us, uh, you know, messing around in the petrol play. Um, and sometimes it turns out really great and sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, you know, there's some crashes and, you know, that was all part of the testing process of the boat. But, um, and there's some really cool stuff there too, as far as, you know, some surfing and, and things like that and, and, and rock gardening and, and all that. And, uh, and then I have my, my build series of videos where, you know, I go into, I show the process of, you know, infusion and things like that. What is what what happens when we, you know, release the resin into the mold? And um, you know, we've we've done a couple videos on that. Uh, I will have to say that it's you know it's pretty amateur, but uh, it gets the job done. And uh, but we're we're gonna you know fine tune it. And actually, I have somebody coming in that's gonna do some filming and do an actual series on a boat build that's coming up, um, and it's gonna feature the boat that I'm building for myself. Well, I know I personally love that kind of stuff. And uh, for our, any listeners out there, if you really want to really understand what's going on with the process, definitely check out uh, Joey's YouTube channel, see the builds, and then uh, check out his blog and learn a little bit more as well. Joey, this has been great. Um, I appreciate it. 
So one Thank other question. So yeah, one last question for you. My my final question for you today, Joey. Who else would you like to hear as a future guest on Paddling the Blue? You know, I gave this a lot of thought, and it's one name just kept popping up. And you know, I've I've actually mentioned his name several times in this this interview, and that's Nick Shada. Uh, he's a designer um, and a just an absolute killer paddler. Um, it's uh, I've paddled with him for the past. Um, gosh, it's been going on probably seven or eight years and he just does it he just gets out there and does it and uh it's just amazing to watch him at work uh in the cockpit of a boat and uh he is one of the uh most simplest uh he has a very simple kind of you know philosophy on paddling and um, he doesn't overcomplicate anything and it's just he's a fascinating fascinating to sit down and talk to excellent well i will definitely reach out to nick and uh, see if we can get him on the show that'd be great yeah, so Joey, I really appreciate your time. It's been great to learn about uh, learn about builds and learn about uh, you know the projects that you're working on, and then those tips on prolonging the life of your boat. Just some simple things from the master. So I certainly appreciate that. I think it's an honor considering uh, the the cast of uh, uh, people you've had on here before me. So um, I'm 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 really honored that I was considered for this uh, this podcast. Absolutely, I appreciate it, Joey. Thank you very much, and have a great day. Thank you. If you want to be a stronger and more efficient paddler, Power to the Paddle is packed with fitness guidance and complete descriptions along with photos of more than 50 exercises to improve your abilities and enjoy your time on the water. The concept and exercises in this book have helped me become a better paddler and they can make a difference for you too. The exercises in the book can help you reduce tension in your shoulders and low back, use the power of your torso to create leverage and use less energy with each stroke, Use force generated from your lower body to make your paddling strokes more efficient. Have the endurance to handle long days in the boat. Drive through the toughest waves or white water. Protect your body against common paddling injuries. And while you're at it, you might even lose a few pounds. And who wouldn't mind that? So visit paddlingexercises.com to get the book and companion DVD. Joey's a great guy and super knowledgeable and passionate about hand building and repairing boats. Personally, I found his story of building a business from the ground up, growing that business, and then expanding it in the middle of a global pandemic fascinating. I know I'm really happy for Joey, and I can't wait to get a chance to see him out on the water someday and really get a chance to paddle that petrol play. Uh, keep doing all that you can do to support your local paddling shop, gear manufacturers, and outfitters that keep our sport strong. Our next episode is going to introduce you to a unique adventurer, Bo Miles, and Bo is going to share his attempt to paddle 4,000 kilometers around Africa. Bo is no stranger to outlandish adventures, and this one's going to be a fun one for sure. So thanks again for listening, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Paddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.